Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I am your host, and I am excited to welcome as my guest today, Amy Collette. Amy believes in a world where we leave our stress and worry behind and consciously choose to raise our vibration through gratitude and positivity. She embodies this belief as an author, speaker, and author coach. Amy supports thought leaders to foster deep human connection and lasting impact by sharing their transformational stories. Through Amy's Unleash Your Inner Author coaching system, they take their powerful messages to the world in a bigger way as successful first-time authors. And you can connect with her at UnleashYourInnerAuthor.com, and we'll make sure that certainly appears in the show notes down below. But Amy, welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Thank you, Brett. It's so great to be with you today. Well, I'm excited to talk with you, Amy. So we met in a networking group a few weeks ago, and you know your story kind of caught my attention because I think what you talk about is critically important for speakers, certainly. But before we dive into that a little bit deeper, I want to ask you about your personal speaking journey. So how long have you been doing the, the book author coach type thing? And did you do speaking before you got into this world, or is this a new, fairly new thing in your world? What's what's the backstory for you? <laughs> yeah, thanks for asking, Brett. Uh, I really started speaking after I wrote my first book, which is called The Gratitude Connection. So uh, gratitude and practicing gratitude really changed my life when I was in a dark place. And so I was really on fire about it. I had to write a book about it. And then I I wanted to get on stage and just bring this message more to the world and and spread it. So that's when I started speaking. It was kind of uh, organic where I just was talking about the book, talking about all the practices that I found were really useful for me and for my clients at the time. I was a life coach at that time. And so I got to have a lot of people to test all these things out on. And I really was just so excited about the possibilities that gratitude and positivity could bring to our lives for happiness, for joy, for connection with each other, and even with ourselves. So how many years are we going back, Amy? We're going back to 2015. Okay. That's when the book was released. And uh, really, my launch party was probably the first time I got up and, and spoke in front of people about that topic. So in my in my world, 
or in my mind, I should say, there are three primary types of speakers. One is what I call the keynote presenter, which we're all familiar with. The second is the platform selling speaker. So they're going to offer some continuing education after they've delivered their content. And the third is what I call the business builder speaker. So they're a chiropractor, a financial planner, whatever it may be. And they're just speaking to local groups primarily to make people aware of what they have. And then hopefully they'll come to them at some point in time for that service should they need it. So which of those arenas do you play in, Amy? And if it's more than one, which arena do you prefer? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to uh, choose one and add another. How about that? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Can I span my horizons? <laughs> so I have done uh, keynote speaking at uh, conferences for speakers and entrepreneurs, and that's really fun. Uh, I also really love to do workshops. So I don't know if you consider that speaking because it's more in a smaller group, maybe 12, 15, maybe even up to 20 or 25, but where you're in a smaller situation, I do this a lot virtually too, uh -huh. and I go through a system so people can kind of actually do the thing that I'm teaching and bring it into their life right then, right now. So right. that's, that's I may I, have, I may have to recategorize my speaking slots. Then, so, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the two things. So keynoting in your mind, what? How do you measure the success of a keynote presentation? I well, you know, there's always the applause, the engagement that's happening during the talk, and what I always say is that some people in the audience tend to fall in love with you when you're on stage. And you've probably experienced this along with every speaker that's listening, you know, where you see certain people really leaning in and they, they're they just really engaged. They're connecting with you because they see something in themselves in your talk or what your, what your topic is about and they want to know more. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing I think is really after the talk, when people come up to you, you know, and as a speaker, this is just absolute gold because, you know, um, either people have tears in their eyes or they're excited. They want to talk to you about uh, what might be possible for them uh -huh. and maybe they want to hug, you know, and so that's really, really the most rewarding thing is is getting that feedback after the talk and maybe connecting with people. And of course, you know, business building is part of it, where if people sure. have been holding their story inside for a long time and they want to get on stage, they maybe want to tell their story uh, in a book format, then um, they and they want to work with me, then that's bonus. All right. So as a workshop leader or facilitator, how do you measure your success? This is really fun. I wouldn't have said this except for I've done a few of these very recently. And what how I measured success on those is people asked really great questions. <laughs> you know, so I present some ideas and then we go through a workbook so people can figure out how to do this for themselves. And then there's always Q&A. And so when we get to that Q&A section or even during the workshop, when people are saying, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I bring this kind of difficult topic to the world or whatever the question is? I know they're engaged. I know they're seeing themselves uh, in that 
being able to be successful in what I'm teaching. And so that makes me really happy. Even when people ask really difficult questions that might be hard for me to answer, that is really exciting to me as a workshop leader because that means they're just really into it and having fun and learning something. So as a workshop leader, do you always come in or go in as an invited guest or sometimes are you the unwanted intruder, depending on who's bringing you in and the, the group that's got to go through your training? Oh, that's interesting. I have to say, I've never thought of myself as an unwanted intruder because I have been invited and people can come or not, you know, um, I'm usually talking about something that people are interested about that, you know, they're talking about their own story or how to bring their story to the world. So people are interested in that entrepreneurs, speakers, uh, aspiring authors, that kind of thing. They're usually interested, but sometimes maybe it does feel a little unwelcome because we might be digging a little deep into something a little bit uncomfortable mm -hmm. or something. Oftentimes people have some shame about their story. And I'm asking them to bring that out into the world and saying, Hey, what if you did, what if you brought this story out into the world? Uh, and it makes people go, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know about that. So it, that it may spark a little discomfort sometimes. So we all know how important story is for a speaker. So you and I were talking before the show about origin stories a little bit. So Let's dive into that a little bit, if we could, Amy. So what makes for a good origin story for a speaker? And Because everyone needs to have one, certainly. Right. So I teach a workshop called uh, How to Craft Stories That Connect. And what I mean by that is that you need to connect on stage or on the page immediately with what I call your soulmate circle. These are the people who really, really want your message and will take it and do something with it and may, may work with me in the future. But what's important about that story and telling that story is connecting with the people they most wanna serve. Um, so a lot of our, the books that I help people with are personal development books or business development books. So you bring in that story. So you need to tell in your origin story why they should listen to you. You know, why are you the person to be telling them something about this. So this is much more than what I call the resume story. You know, you can list off your credentials. I'll give you an example. I used to tell a story that about my origin story. And I said, oh, Brett, I used to be a professional writer, an editor for decades. Uh, you know, I have lots of experience in this world. So that's kind of my resume but it doesn't tell you, it doesn't really connect. You might say, okay, Amy seems to know what she's talking about. But now when I tell my origin story, it's about transformation that happened in my life and why I'm so passionate about transformation and bringing people new possibilities that they hadn't seen in their life before. So when I tell that story, people are doing that leaning in seeing themselves in my story, maybe even wiping a tear away. This happened at my last, last workshop where a pe couple people, you know, were dabbing at their eyes because their stories were similar to mine and they could, you know, they were reconnecting to that. And so that's, that's real connection, right? You're saying, I'm the person for you to teach you this particular thing. 
come along and and learn with me. So obviously connecting with your audience is also critically important. So what are you what's your best tip or tips for building quick connection with an audience that are truly receptive to your message? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is being vulnerable. You know, you hear about authenticity. And so you can think, and maybe that term's used too much because authenticity can just mean not, not lying or not being dishonest, but real vulnerability is saying, this is really who I am. I call it taking the robe off, you know? So you're, you're getting a little bit naked on stage with your people to say, Hey, this is who I am. You can trust me and you can uh, trust that I'm going to give you absolute value in this talk or in this story, whether it's on stage or on the page. So you can say, okay, I'm going to ask you to trust me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go first and be vulnerable with you so that you can open your heart mm -hmm. and be vulnerable with me. To me, right, that's so, really building that connection. All right, super. So I'm going to go in a totally different direction now, Amy, and that is what's working best for you these days in terms of landing speaking engagements? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, the networking group that you and I met at, uh, which is Lisa Reed's group, uh, that has been a terrific uh, place to meet my people. You know, there are other speakers, there are speaker coaches, they're in that world. And uh, networking in general uh, has, has really helped me because in networking, you're really not selling people on anything. You're really trying to make connections and build relationships. And that's where I live and, and work best, you know, is in real one-on-one -on -one connections with people and building those relationships. So Aligned networking groups is what I'd say are a, a great uh, ground for me to, to build new connections and find those good places where I might be a fit for speaking. Well, Amy, Amy mentioned Lisa Reed is where we got connected originally. So for the speakers out there, you can check out Lisa at internationalspeakersnetwork.com. So, all right. I have some other questions I want to ask you, Amy, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on a Speaker Show. My guest in this episode is Amy Collette. So Amy, I want to go in another different direction. I want to talk about books a little bit. So one of the books that I wrote is actually called Mistakes Authors Make. So it's one of, one of my eight books. But uh, since you help people with books, what is your best advice for speakers in terms of why they need a book, what kind of book should they write? How should they use it, et cetera? Yeah, great question, Brett. So I'm going to go back to something I said before about people falling a little bit in love with you on stage, right? On stage, you have this really powerful platform to connect with people and give them some of your magic. 
but it's very limited in terms of time and space, right? So in your book, you can expand that relationship with your soulmate circle or your ideal reader, your ideal client. So that now you can have all this room and time to talk about the things that you might've talked about on stage. In fact, using your talk as the basis for an outline for your book is a really great place to start because you've given some just magic bits during your talk. And now you can tell the backstory about not only yourself, but you can tell the backstory on all those points that you opened up the possibility for on stage. You know, I always say that you're, you're opening the door to like the, um, the, the Oz, you know, where you can see the field of green back behind there and the yellow brick road and all this stuff, but you can't really take people down that road in such a short time. Even if you've got an hour as a keynoter, you're still just, you know, the touching the tip of the iceberg. So now you can take your reader by the hand and take them through your whole method, all the magic that you want to give them and give them massive, tremendous value in your book. So what are the two biggest mistakes that you see speakers make with their books? Yeah, I think the first one uh, goes to that vulnerability piece where they want to be the big authority. They want to be the person who is totally credible and, and wants to teach you something, but they're, but they don't ever get to that connection piece. You know, that real human connection where people are going to be, you know, once they make a connection with you, they're going to stick with you through 200 pages of your book <laughs> and probably your programs that, uh, after that, because they, they really believe in you now. So if you don't give them that real human connection piece, there's something missing. The other piece is probably uh, most of the authors I work with are speakers who are first time authors. They've never done this before. And so when I get a manuscript that's been written in a vacuum, in other words, without any help or support or guidance, it generally needs a lot of rework. So I would say the second mistake is not getting some support up front. Mm -hmm. So um, after doing a lot of manuscripts like that, I realized that first time authors really need guidance from the very beginning, from idea stage. They haven't really gotten the book out of their head yet. It's still taking shape in there. And if they have some guidance and support from a book coach, uh, then they can have some structure along with some emotional and, and um, knowledge support along the way. So they know that they're gonna be able to tell their story in a way that's unfolding at the perfect time for their soulmate circle instead of being jumbled or giving them too much too soon and losing them. You know, when you, when you work with somebody that, that has done this a lot of times, you, they can help you unfold that story in a way that's just keeps people turning the page, keeps them engaged, keeps them learning and giving them tons of value all the way through and leaving them in a beautiful state that they can really take that into their lives and, and make it, uh, make it 
valuable to themselves and probably bring that to other people. All right, so continuing on with the theme of mistakes, Amy, <laughs> I'd like you to bury your soul a little bit here and maybe share a mistake that you made as a speaker that was probably embarrassing at the time, but a valuable lesson was learned and something you'd advise other speakers not to do. Yeah. Boy, this is probably an experience. I'm not sure exactly how to avoid it, but I'll, let me let me tell this story and we'll, we'll get around to it. So I've always been uh, taught and in my experience is as a speaker is to really know your structure of your talk, know where you're starting, know where you're ending and know all those valuable chunks uh, in the middle. So your big uh, milestones, I would say, along the way. And so I have this, and as a beginning speaker, I would print that out. <laughs> I would print out my milestones um, and have that somewhere at the at the front of the stage, or maybe have a, you know, a friend or colleague in the front row have that here just in case I got lost, <laughs> you know, and forgot where I was in the middle. As long as I had that printed out, never needed it, right? <laughs> So uh, one of my first big talks, it was probably my biggest audience to that point. And it was at a, co a conference of speakers. So that's intimidating enough as a speaker to get up in front of a whole bunch of speakers, right? Yeah. So uh, I felt pretty confident. I had practiced a lot. I, I, I knew my, my places, but I went off on a little bit of a tangent and I told a different story than I planned on. And then I had that moment. And everybody who's listening and maybe had this moment where you go in my head, I'm thinking, oh no, what's next? And for me, that moment felt like it was half an hour, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and I just took a deep breath. Like I was gathering myself and, and it came to me where I was, you know, what, what I needed to do next. So I was really lucky that that way that it didn't last longer than it did and that I was so well rehearsed that I that it 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 came into my brain. Otherwise, I probably would have had to ad lib. <laughs> but, you know, that was um, that was my thing. And I, I, I just so I guess the mistake was going off on a tangent and 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 telling a different story. Um. But but what saved me was that I did know my structure really well, <clears throat> even though I didn't have it printed out. <laughs> There's no doubt, Amy, that, you know, when you lose that train of thought, albeit briefly, three seconds seems like three minutes when you're the one up on that stage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you're thinking they're going to think I'm an idiot because I can't think of what to say next. But hopefully they just thought I was taking a contemplative pause. <laughs> so just curiosity, are, are you a PowerPointer or not? I am not. You're not. I am generally not. Um, I do sometimes have some props, like some of these books uh, that I have behind me. Uh, they're all they're all clients uh, and authors that I've worked with. Uh, so I'll use my book. I'll use a couple other books, and I'll tell stories <clears throat> about those authors or about their backstories. So I use those props. Uh, that's helpful. I often also use a sign, uh, so it. It's a sign on one side, it has my logo on the other, and you can just go on a, on a small uh, tripod kind of thing, mm -hmm. easel. And on the other side, it has a, a graphic, an image that I use. And so 
that's what I call my PowerPoints. <laughs> so, uh, you know, on stage in person, that works really well. Yeah. Uh, because it it is uh, not distracting. It doesn't have a lot of text on it. And so, uh, and it, there's also no possibility of technical problems. <laughs> so how did you have to adapt things to the virtual world? Yeah, um, fortunately for my business, I was already well set up for that. And I was already doing Zoom. Uh, and way back in the day, I was doing Skype calls with people because I work with people all over the country and even internationally. So I was fortunately well set up for that. Uh, and for speaking, um, I actually do did use slides sometimes. Um, I, I might show a couple of slides when I'm doing a workshop mm -hmm. uh, just for an, a graphic to show, but I don't use slides for the entire thing. I'll just say, okay, I'm going to pop this up for now and pop this other thing up later. So um, yeah, I did. I've tried all different kinds of things, but uh, my work generally translates well to virtual and have been able to fortunately speak to some really large groups virtually that I wouldn't have had a chance to during uh, the COVID pandemic. Right, so Amy, why don't you take a couple of minutes to tell people a little bit more about what it is that you do specifically for people and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. Yes, uh, yes. So uh, welcome to my world, everyone. <laughs> it's called Unleash Your Inner Author. So uh, you can find me on my website at unleashyourinnerauthor.com. And what we do is help uh, individuals and groups in a coaching program that includes community, curriculum, and coaching. So there's a course that goes along with my coaching program uh, so that you can learn all the things that you need to learn about becoming a new author. Uh, you can take things step by step so that you don't have to you know, eat the whole elephant at once. We've broken it down into a very procedural way that you can uh, go through the program and do things step-by-step. Step. And by the end of it, you have a first manuscript. So that's a really fun process. All right, well, we'll definitely make sure that the URL appears down in the show notes below. So check Amy out. If you are a speaker who hasn't got a book out there yet, you definitely need to have more than one book, but you got to get number one done first. So <laughs> right, Amy, my sincere thanks to you for joining me today and sharing your wisdom with our listeners. For all of our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. And as always, if you haven't been to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com, hop on over there and register for your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.